Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Is this a solution going in search of a problem? We now have a state lawmaker who is introducing legislation that would ban transgendered students from competing in athletic teams different than their biological gender identity. Is that the way to put it? Yeah, okay. So in, in essence, if you are born a boy but identify as a girl... Then State Representative Nancy Bartow doesn't want you to be able to play on the girls' soccer team. Okay? That, that's really what this is coming down to. And if if it ended right there, I get her point. Mm-hmm. As a mother of a daughter, um, I, I get that point. It, it, and it's not, to me, I'm not seeing this as like an anti-LGBTQ kind of situation if it just stopped there. The facts of the matter is... Boys are built different than girls. They, ha- You guys have different capabilities physically because of how you are built. I don't disagree. Than, than girls. So to compete like that is not fair. Now, if you want to have a co-ed team, cool. No problem. But if the build just ended there... I don't but, have much problem with it. But is this a big problem? Okay, so the, there's another aspect of it. Um, are there a know. bunch of transgendered students competing either direction in sports and they have some huge advantage i don't know well okay. the, the, would there be an advantage potentially is there are there a lot of students that are petitioning for this i don't know what we've heard from the aia arizona interscholastic association is that uh, they have a committee that reviews applications for things like this on a case-by-case basis mm-hmm. all right and they say that in the four years that she's been on the board, uh, no application has been denied. So there have been applications, but God. we haven't been told how many. So I don't know if this is a solution in search of a problem. You could have an argument there. I don't have the data to support or refute that. Where I do take exception to what State Representative Nancy Bartos bill is proposing, it's not just banning transgender students from teams that align with their gender identity okay it goes further and this is where i take issue with it it would mandate a medical review of a student's anatomy yeah that face you just made bruce was was, that was kind of the yeah okay but wait there's more hormone levels Genetics, if the student's biological sex is disputed while seeking to participate in sports programs at public and private schools, community college and state universities. So you're getting to a college level and and I don't I don't want to focus too much time on that. If we get down to like a high school level. You're you're going to be testing the hormone levels and a student's anatomy. Um, If you think. They're a boy trying to compete on a girl's team Mm -hmm. like that. There's so much wrong with that. Well, I also I I don't believe nor have I ever seen remotely any evidence that anyone is Um, transitioning, going through this process. In order to have a leg up in sports. Oh, no. I don't. I totally agree with right? you on that. Like, no, no, how the, could I possibly <laughs> no, dominate no, 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 no. the basketball team? No. I can't do it as a guy 
But I bet you I could do it. As, like, I don't think no. anybody's doing that. I, and neither do I. Neither do I. I. I don't think that the the transitioning from from one gender to the other is because they want to get an athletic advantage. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's what they're dealing with personally. It, it's, it's very personal. And that's why I'm kind of treading lightly here. But for me, like the facts of the matter are men and women are built differently. Mm-hmm. And therefore, they have different athletic ability. And there's a point in time where... It's not all that evident. You know, when kids are young, they're kind of on an even playing field. And the example that I use is my daughter plays club soccer. Okay. okay. Yeah. This is her second year. Last year, her girls team played the same aged boys team at that same club. Okay. okay. So, like a like, scrimmage or something. Yeah, yeah. It was like the, the nine-year-old girls played against the nine-year-old boys in the club. Mm-hmm. Now, the girls lost, but they, they were competitive because okay. I don't think the boys wanted to lose to girls at that point. They played tougher. Absolutely, they did. But it was a good game. I mean, the girls were challenged, and I think the boys were challenged as well. Yeah. Fast forward to this year, an additional year later, and it, it's pretty much the same team. I mean, you have like a player yeah, off here and a player sure. off there. And, and you can see the boys are developing differently. And they're they're quicker and bigger, taller, big, bigger. Faster. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. And you're starting to see that the physicality is changing. And and the game this year was vastly different than the game last year to the point where we as parents are going, yeah, I think that exercise we're done with. Um, OK, so there there is a point in time where, yeah, it is kind of evenly matched. If you've got two young kids, you're like, oh, yeah, my daughter, t- my younger daughter takes my older son all the time. But when when you get to like a high school level, at some point, the, 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 the growth spurt or whatever you want to say, the the and, development of the bodies. And, and I and don't we need deny to acknowledge any that. that. I agree. But again, is this a solution? Going in search of a problem. I, I can't Are there a bunch it. of instances, again, of unfair advantage in youth sports, in high school or collegiate sports because of someone transitioning? If not, it just seems like you're trying to punish them ahead of time. And I get your point. And I get your point. Um, And I don't know what the answer to that is. Um, I don't know if this is something that's necessary now. Will it become necessary in the future as, as more people maybe become comfortable transitioning? Listen, this is this is still something that to me is relatively new. Um, you know, gay, straight. Got that. Mm-hmm. OK, like I got that one down. But remember, there was an argument, you know, should gay people be able to play, you know, sports, locker rooms? I remember that being oh, a big oh, debate. I, I know, but you see how we're evolving. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah okay. I agree. Um and I'm not trying to be disparaging. I promise you guys that. If I say something disparaging, it's it's sheerly out of ignorance. Um, and and that is though when when you're transitioning or you're transgendered and in you know gender identity, um, there have been more conversations about that over the last I'd say two three years mm-hmm. than there ever have been before. Agreed. And, and so, we learned all kinds of new terminology that we weren't they, even. Them, yeah, the, you know, the non-gender the, specific right. uh, pronouns. And, Sam know. Smith, I think that was that the artist was that, yes. that started all of that for us, the conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. for us. So we're all still learning. Um, is this putting the cart before the horse? Potentially. Potentially. Um, but the physicality of how girls and boys are different at a high school and, and college level exists. Agreed. Um, do do you need to start examining their bodies and testing, and testing their hormones? hormones for... you're, you're getting like you're that's over the line for me. And I'm wondering where would that even become applicable? Like, why would you have to do that? How about this? Could you potentially go down? You go down that path. 
could you potentially get to the point where you start disqualifying people even who identify with their quote born gender because of some sort of hormone imbalance yeah i don't know about that like you're 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 literally a girl and you have a hormone imbalance and so they tell you you can't play is that what you're kind of hypothesizing yeah, I think that's a solution in search of a problem. I don't know if that's ever happened. I don't. I don't. I'm not. I'm not encouraging it. I'm just saying you, you start down this path of testing people. Where Where does that end? Yeah. And and who determines the marker and the line? But do you and, see, like, I mean, it, it just is also an example of of how things are changing. Yeah. And change is uncomfortable for a lot of people. Oh yeah. And I think that that's where a lot of this legislation comes from. Where people who are afraid of change, but afraid of how where where things are going. This you is an offshoot of, of, the, of the bathroom bill, which remember we talked about before, is not an issue. Bathrooms, I would agree. Locker rooms, I would disagree. I, uh, okay, fair. Okay, but the bathroom thing solved itself. Play along. Okay, I'm like I don't know what the solution is. I'll play along. Go ahead. If you're a boy transitioning to a girl. Okay. What do the inside of girls' bathrooms look like? They'll have stalls. Yeah. Yeah. So nobody's going to see you. Right. Okay. If you are a girl transitioning to a boy, I can tell you what the inside of boys' bathrooms look like. We have urinals, which a girl transitioning to a boy wouldn't be able to use, so they would use a stall where the door closes. Again, that problem solved itself. Yeah. No, I get it. I, I get where you're going, man. Yeah. Experts. Are these the same? Okay. Experts predict there's going to be a million new people in Phoenix over the next 10 years. All right. Are they the same experts that told me that 10 years ago Phoenix and Tucson would have grown together by now and have this metro megapolis? Curious about that. Metro megapolis? Where are we going to put all these people? I I got a couple ideas. So they're talking about the city of Phoenix continuing to grow. We know that, uh, did I get this right? Maricopa County is the fastest growing county in the United States. There have been studies that have shown that. And yeah. then I want to say Phoenix is like the second or third fastest growing city. Somewhere in that. You know, they're the but, but, People are coming here. All right. That's your takeaway. And it's the last time I saw it was 17,000 new people a month. Whoa. Yeah. So uh, coming here from all over the country. Moving here reestablishing here and it's leading to this growth that they're saying now if you do the math that we might have over the next 10 years an extra 1 million people here in the valley you think i10's a mess now oh man well this is why they're doing that huge project right expanding it uh putting in a toll road yes folks that's coming to like Mm -hmm. the broadway curve area there in the east valley Uh, it's going to be a very disruptive project for those of us that live in the east valley and commute to phoenix every single day but the question of whether or not the valley is going to see another million people in a decade i think is a bit of a foregone conclusion we're going to continue I mean, we, to grow yeah. for a variety of reasons. The only reason why we had a slow in, in, in growth in like, you know, 2008, 2009, 2010 was because of the economy and the recession. And, you know, at that point in time, people were walking away from their homes because they were so underwater. And the discussion at that point in time was, how are we ever going to fill these houses? Right yeah. now, the question becomes, where are we going to put all of these people? I, I guess I'm going to turn around and say. It doesn't strike me that we've run out of land. Like when we hear about like the uh, 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 the cost of living in San Francisco or some of these other cities, Los Angeles, 
they've run out of land. It's not like they've got like these huge swaths, hundreds of acres of just brush and like, eh, oh, well, I guess we could build there, but we don't. We still have a lot of space. Okay, but the to experts, put people. The, the, and I know where you're going with this, because for me, in my mind, there are so many places that I'll drive around in the city yeah. or in the East Valley, and you got to remind yourself that you're in a major metropolitan area. And, and you it's go, still like, they, like, looks like a alfalfa field. And you're like, okay, wow, they could build on that. They could build you know, there. They're, they're, there's more land there. There's more. And, and I think that what shocks me is I just have become so accustomed to the vacant lots or the farms or whatever it is. Again, I live in Gilbert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That um, when they start building on them, I'm like, oh, yeah, they could use that, huh? And here's the deal, though. I have started to see a lot, I mean, a ton of new construction okay. over the last two years, at least in the East Valley. Uh, the now, construction when, people are trying to get ahead of this trend, Pamela. Well, not just ahead of this trend, though, but those that, that do this for a living and, and study real estate and, and deals of this this capacity say that most of the available land, Bruce, is is out on the edge of the West Valley. Sure. And deep into Pinal County. As well as like the Southeast Valley. Yeah, like but Creek Santan kind of Village, uh, Santan Valley area. That, yeah. And, and so in, in, in that regard, it's not these parcels of land in Phoenix or in Chandler. No, or it would continue to spread out. Yeah. But I think the point that you bring up about like the San Francisco's or the L.A.'s or the New York's there, you do not drive. There are not empty lots and see empty <laughs> lots. They're yeah. building up, yes. not out. Correct. And and so how does this impact us? Because mm. with that many people coming here, you, like you said, you know, <laughs> you thought the I-10 was bad now. Yeah. It's going to have an impact on, on the roads for sure. But think about this as well. The electricity. It, if you've just moved here, one, welcome. Two, brace yourself. Summers in Arizona mm. are super hot. Okay. Do we have enough electrical capability to air condition an extra one million people i would tell you here's the bigger problem agua that means water in spanish by thank the you way. for translating uh, bilingually literate i can't read or write in two different languages um where would the water come from you know water rights is a topic people don't want to discuss i'm fascinated by it their eyes glaze over yeah i get it and they're like we take for granted that every time you turn the tap flush the toilet that there's water going to be coming out all i would say is do you know where your water is coming from do you know how the city of phoenix gets its water and do you know that it is a finite resource it is not endless and it's getting more and more expensive to deliver water if and when you can find it and Other Phoenix, than that. And, and Phoenix is getting hotter. Think about that. And, and, and it's not that we don't have enough water on the planet for the people. It's that we don't have it in the right areas. There are some places that got so much damn water, they don't know what to do with themselves. We got to swim to work, right? And then you've got other places where we're building canals. We're siphoning water out of the Colorado River. We can only take so much out of the Colorado River, by the way. Because guess what? Las Vegas, California, they all have their straws dipped into that river as well. And that you start looking at growth at some point has to take into account the water to sustain that growth. I'm just saying. That is going to be the limit on growth, I believe, in Arizona will be strictly driven by water. Hmm. Everything else I can come up with a solution for. We could build another power plant. You know what I'm saying? Like You, you, you could conceivably, we're going to build more water. 
hate it when you break great points Sorry. like that. Sorry. It happens. It happens, yeah. Every once in a while. Mark it down in your calendar. So, I guess we're at the point now is who do you believe more? The impeachment trial kicks off again in another uh, half hour or so, a little over a half hour. And the back and forth continues. And are we any closer today to having witnesses? We'll talk about that. It's coming up next on Arizona's News Station. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. So the impeachment trial of Trump continues in about a half hour. They gavel in at 11 o'clock. Oh, I'm just waiting with bated breath. How about you? Getting popcorn. But uh, um, yesterday, I think we we both felt like maybe there was some movement uh, with the revelation of a, a book, a memoir from former National Security Advisor John Bolton. Um, uh, some of the, the contents of that book were leaked out. And would he be called as a witness? Where are you today on that? Yeah, it it seemed like there was a lot of momentum on this yesterday. And it seems to me that like today... That momentum has been neutralized. Mm. I don't think it has shifted too far in the opposite direction. I just think it may have been neutralized for the time being. Okay, so what's happened? Uh, yesterday, right before the president's team had an opportunity to, to you know, testify, I guess you could say, in front of the Senate, there were a lot of Republicans out there quite uncomfortable with what was being said in this manuscript and what did the White House know about the manuscript and so on and so forth. They were talking a little bit, not much, to the media about it. And then when they went for lunch, uh, you've got the Democrats that have their lunch and the Republicans that have their lunch and they break for the Senate. No joke. That's when Mitch McConnell was having to answer a lot of questions from the Republicans going, what is going on here? How do we handle this? And apparently McConnell told him, take a deep breath. I think it was uh, keep your powder dry. Uh, there will be an opportunity to vote on witnesses at the end of testimony and questioning. Yeah. And we, we can handle it there. And that seemed to bring more people down to a neutral level. Now, of course, you've got the Mitt Romney and the Susan Collins out there, or Murkowski, rather, who has been you know, signaling that they would vote for witnesses. Mm-hmm. What I it think... It takes 51 senators to approve witnesses. So that means if all Democrats would vote for witnesses, you which need, right now it appears that they would. I don't know if all Democrats are going to vote for both articles of impeachment. You need four. But I think all, all Democrats will vote for witnesses. Uh, you would need at least four mm-hmm. Republicans to vote for witnesses. And I personally believe that there are more. I think there are more than four. And the reason why we haven't necessarily heard from them yet. Oh, they're all afraid. Well, not only are they afraid, Bruce, but what else are we going to learn in the next two to three days? Well, that's the thing. I mean, uh, um, every 12 hours is another, quote, bombshell. Saturday, the White House had their first crack at the Senate trial, right? For a few hours, they stood there again on a Saturday. I'll give you a pass if you didn't know this was going on on a Saturday, right? And after that, uh, that opportunity for the, for the GOP to you know present their side and their arguments, a lot of Republicans felt pretty good. They felt pretty good at the way things were going. And then Sunday, this manuscript shows up at the New York Times. An article is published and they're left scrambling. Well, Last week or two and, weeks and ago. And if you haven't been paying attention, to be clear, John Bolton, 
claims in his book slash manuscript that was leaked. Facts, his version, that is 180 degrees different from what Trump's attorneys are arguing in front of the Senate. Bolton writes that he heard Trump. So this would be a first-person account. Not, not like I overheard or some guy said he was in the room. From a staunch Republican. So this is not somebody who's playing for the other team. So well, this yeah. is somebody who was on. Now he's, he's no, a no, liberal but, but Hillary lover. He's in the cabinet, yeah. for goodness sakes. Oh, yeah. Don't. Bolton writes that he heard Trump say explicitly that the withholding of military aid would continue until Ukraine announced an investigation involving the Bidens, implicating Trump directly in a quid pro quo for the first time and contradicting the Trump's defense team. But they spent all day Saturday saying it never happened. Trump never said that. He never ordered anybody to do that. And there was no quid pro quo. John Bolton says, well, that's absolutely not true. And he's the one who told me to do it. He writes that he also raised concerns about Giuliani in his efforts in Ukraine. They don't even with know Giuliani. AG, never you know, heard of him. Barr. Minor player. Um, he also writes that the acting White House chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney, who was present for one of the calls with Giuliani, um, it's contradicting a lot of the conversations that, you know, are, are apparently protected under, you know, Trump well, and Giuliani's privilege. But right now privilege. it's a he said, she said. And I so would who say, do you believe? but, but uh, none of them. They're a bunch of lying SOBs. But the, if you are willing to or if you are compelled to testify under oath with the penalty of lying that you could go to jail, then I'll start believing you. But tweeting, I didn't do it. Anybody lying on Twitter is not only not a crime, it is the modus operandi of a few people out there. So I would take testimony over I didn't do it. Yeah. Okay. Bolton's naming names here. I mean, a lot of names. Yeah, he's saying, I was in the room with these people. Here's what Trump said to do. I didn't, he didn't want to do it. The reason that Bolton is coming out is he didn't think this was a good idea. Why? He hates the Russians. John Bolton's never met a war he didn't think was a good idea. And he wanted to supply Ukraine with military aid so they could kill Russians. So, okay, Let, let's let's think this through a little bit. So probably at the end of this week, Saturday, maybe I don't even know if they do it on Saturday. There's going to be a vote on witnesses. Yes. Let's hypothetically say they don't have the votes. They only have 50. And, and there are no witnesses that are called. By the way, if they have 50, is it John Roberts? Is the I don't know. That, that's the point vote? right wow, now. Okay. But the, let's say hypothetically, no witnesses, no new evidence is entered into the Senate trial. Okay? Got it. That means the president's going to be acquitted. And even if those things were to happen, I still think the president is going to be acquitted. But this book comes out. In March, it's supposed to come out. And are there others who are writing books? Is there other information that we don't know about in that book? Then Bolton would testify. And, 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 and what does that do to the president? I mean, is is there a risk? Because I'm looking at the strategy of all this. Mm-hmm. Is there a risk of the constant drip of information that, you know, I, I get tired of things being called bombshells and explosive because new explosive bombshell allegations. You're like, oh, my goodness gracious. It seems like every other day we have something like that. You become numb to it. The The gravity and the magnitude of the information coming out is lost on people because it seems like it's every single day something happens. So if there is this drip, drip, drip out of, out of an acquittal, does that even hurt the president? I don't know, but but... 
I don't know. But you know what? After yesterday, I do think one thing is perfectly clear. After, after hearing Trump's attorneys, that, um, I mean, I think the evidence against Hunter Biden is overwhelming. It is devastating. And I definitely think Hunter Biden should be impeached and removed from office. So I think we can agree on that, right? That their entire defense is, but, 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 Hunter Biden. Okay. So who should pay for education funding in Arizona? The rich or everyone? One lawmaker has a proposal. Spread it around. And you might not even notice. We'll talk about it next on Arizona's News Station. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Um, like m- most little boys, Pamela... I always, uh, I wanted to be a, a firefighter, race car driver, and astronaut. I managed to do two of them, by the way. I never got to astronaut. Uh, but yesterday, yesterday was a solemn anniversary in the world of space flight, as it was the anniversary of the Apollo 1 tragedy in which uh, three astronauts died in a... Um, training uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, thing inside their, their capsule. Uh, and, and that was um, um, really drove home how dangerous the space program could be. And today is the 34th anniversary of the space shuttle Challenger mm-hmm. disaster. Yeah. And, and, and I'm all too familiar with that because I was there. Literally. I, I was in Florida. My family went down for uh, a trip to Disney World, mm-hmm. and they'd canceled that flight several times that week because it was so weather, cold. Right? Yeah. yeah, and there were icicles hanging off of the launch pad. And um, I remember we, we we drove on a road and pulled off with a bunch of people, you know, watching. Right, you, the, you the see shuttle. these pictures of all these people on the side of the roads, or sitting there in binoculars, or sitting on top of their cars. Watching. And this one was a big deal because you had the first teacher to yeah, ever go to space with Chris McCuff. And I was young, and uh, I remember standing there, you know, and, and the, the shuttle goes up, and it goes up, it goes up, and, and there was a guy with a, a radio, a transistor radio kind of in front of us, and you saw a little poof of smoke, and, you know, I'm like eight years old, I have no idea what's going on. And Compared to what, right? He, yeah. he turns around, and he goes, oh my God, it just blew up. Yeah. And the look on my dad's face... The look on my mom's face. I, I, I remember mm-hmm. the conversation in the car on the way home because, again, I was young and my mom's like, do you know what that means? That everybody in that space shuttle died. And it's something that I'll, I'll, I'll never forget. I've got still photos of it in an album at home. Yeah. Today. Uh, and it's amazing that you were there. Mm. I do. I do find that you know. I I, I let you. I want you to tell that because I just think it's amazing that that you literally were were standing there. Um, we can we can remember again. Commander uh, Scobie, the pilot Michael Smith, the mission specialists Ronald McNair, um, Ellison Onizuka, uh, Judith Resnick, the payload specialist Gregory Jarvis, and of course uh, the teacher on board Krista McCall. The other thing here, I am. Oh, so many years removed is I still remember an image because after that, it all happened. We had gone back to our hotel and the TV was on Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and there is there's footage 
And and it's like you know one of those lenses that you, know, you can get like a close up picture. Right, you, they you do that. They're that, huge. I don't know how they get yeah, that picture. Exactly. Right, and and the sky was blue as it is blue today mm-hmm. here in Phoenix, and you had you know the space shuttle and the flames coming out from behind it, and then all of a sudden this, poof, and you see the booster like right. the rockets go goes off. off in different directions. And that image was played over and over and over and over again. Again, I was eight when this happened. And here I am now. I'm not going to do the math for you. You can do it. Yeah. I still remember that footage. I think a lot of people, and, and again, there are those, those, those moments in history that you remember. And, and I was in school and remember walking by a TV back when we didn't have TVs on every wall and saw a group of people standing around, very quiet. And I remember looking at it and seeing these images and trying to figure out, what am I seeing? Like, what am I looking at? Because, to be honest, it wasn't like we all gather around the TV for every space shuttle launch. It had become routine, almost. You know, it kind of went up, it came down. You, you, it wasn't something that you made an appointment to watch. And it dawned on you that you were seeing something really, really bad. And and the stunned silence, I can remember, from 50 people standing around a TV. And I'm, like, trying to, you know, weasel my way to the front to go, what are we watching? Uh, um was powerful. And I, I remember that, that feeling. In the fifth grade, I was asked to be part of a team to help name the Challenger. Oh. So as they were building a new space shuttle, new shuttle, they were putting it out to elementary school students to help name the new shuttle. Mm-hmm. And I was asked to be a part of it, given that I had been down sure. there. And I remember like going to the library with my dad, you know, it had to be like a sea bearing vessel and it had to be between these years. Okay. And for us, it was between Endeavor Ooh. and Phoenix. Oh, we chose Phoenix. Yeah. For rising from, rising the, from ashes. the ashes. Yeah. They chose Endeavor. They, they chose Endeavor. But that was a cool experience I had gotten as well. As a little kid, yeah. my neighbor, John, who I swam on swim team with, his dad was an astronaut. Mm. His dad spent 13 days in space later. And I can remember when I saw that disaster, immediately thinking, I really hope that Mr. Allen isn't on board that. Thankfully, he was not. But uh, and as an aside, you know, when you bring your parents to school and have them talk about your job, John won every single time of because his did. dad was an astronaut. It's a space I was man. like, we're not even bringing any other. No other parents are coming in. This is pointless. You win that battle every time. 34th anniversary today of the Space Shuttle Challenger. How much do Arizonans love their medical marijuana? Bunches. We'll talk about it and give you the numbers coming up next on Arizona's News Station.